Learning how to monetize your domains. Zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod. Zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone. Zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath. Well, worthless. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. about your relationship with your mom, Melanie. Uh, is this the Dr. Phil show, Byron? Oh, yeah. I'm oh. interested to hear more about that. And, <laughs> you know, you should be grateful to my mother. You wouldn't uh, have me here if it weren't for my mom. What, are, you, are you telling me I'm my mother? We can no, end no, this radio no. show right what are your now. Thought, does your mother stress you out? Do you think? I, I'm asking. I, I don't know. I moved 1,500 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> the only stress I have now is what the personal questions I get from you. <laughs> to know Melanie Mayer on Life Tips, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun on the web and around the world. Life Tips President Byron White talks to the latest trendsetters about strategies to grow your business. Editor Melanie Mayer interviews celebrities and expert writers on their tips for making life enjoyable and entertaining. Now, please welcome this week's Life Tips host, Byron White and Melanie Mayer. Hello, it's Tips and I'm here with Byron. How you doing, Byron? I'm a little taken, I'm a little taken back at the whole mother thing that just went on there, but <laughs> they've really got to work Woo! on their promotions for this show. This is we I think talking we about my mother. Oh my god, I have to watch what I say on the air. <laughs> I, so I today, so Byron. I, well, you know what are you going to do, right? Moms are moms. Um, so I'm psyched today, Byron, because it's all about um, The Apprentice, which you know I love. Mm, you're a big fan of that show. I'm a big so fan it, of the show, and I'm a big fan of the people on the show, and I'm a big fan of the guests that we have on our show today. Um, but I, you know, have you ever watched it? Are you a fan? You know, Do I've you... watched it enough to get a feel for it. Um, seems like a big high-end internship opportunity from my perspective. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I guess it is a great experience, and I'll look forward to learning more about um how the experience has changed the lives of some participants in it. So that'll be very exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Have you ever been an uh, apprentice? Is that something that is, or, or even an intern? Me? Mm-hmm. Many moons ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before my career took off? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to start somewhere, right? I mean, that's really where it's all about. But what I love about this show is that the people and the contestants on this show have already really so established themselves in their own sort of their own business niche, if you will, that they take it to a whole other level, um, you know. And we're going to kind of cut through the barriers of that today and talk about reality versus um, TV, which I think is such an important thing. And just you know, basic stuff on what what goes on in the office and what goes on in corporate life, and and uh, some tips to learn for your you know managing your own employees and stuff. Things that Byron, I'm sure you need to know about. Can't wait. Let's managing dig in. Your and roll up our sleeves. <laughs> Our first guest is Donna Stone. Donna was the winner of the Martha Stewart Apprentice in 2005. Welcome, Donna. Hi, Melanie. How's it going? It's so it's good, and it's great to be on the show with you. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to finally have you on the ah, show. Thank you. Donna and I have been t- trying to do this for a while. So <laughs> yes, we have. Like to have you here. Let me give people a quick little background on you. Donna is... Um, and you publisher of Her Sports, correct, Donna? Yep, Her Sports and Fitness Magazine. Her, Her Sports and Fitness Magazine, which was launched in 2004 and was awarded the Best New Magazine and one of the top 30 most notable launches. Um, and as I mentioned, Donna was the winner of the Martha Stewart Apprentice Show in 2005 and went on to work for Martha Stewart on the media for a year. But before starting Her Sports, and this, Donna, I really kind of want to get into a little bit, um, you know, before starting Her Sports, you were Senior Vice President of the Active Sports Network. You were president and general manager of a $20 million sports nutrition company. 
You are a strategy consultant for Deloitte Touche Consulting, where you advise senior-level executives at Fortune 500 companies, and you were uh, an analyst for Wall Street uh, Morgan Stanley Investment Company. So why The Apprentice? What possibly could <laughs> you have done more? Well, you know, it's so funny because it, I tell people about my background, and first of all, they always say, not why The Apprentice, but why did you start a magazine, you know? Um, yeah. Go from Wall Street to, you know, consulting, and then before starting my magazine, I was the chief marketing officer for a $700 million company. And I think for me, I've always just been so interested in not only publishing, but just sports and health in general, and it seemed like a perfect fit for me. And so I've always, like you, been a huge fan of The Apprentice. I loved watching the first couple seasons of The Donald Apprentice. And I had a friend that kept saying, you need to go on the show. You need to try to get on. And all I could think about was, you know, well, it's a great show. I love it. It seems like it'd be a lot of fun, and I'd enjoy doing it. But if I were to win The Donald Trump Apprentice, I would never want to spend a year working in real estate. And so it was just one of those things where I kept saying, well, no way. Why would I enter this show? And then when we found out that um, Martha was doing a version, it just seemed like such a perfect fit. I mean, everything that I was doing at the time, I think I'd been two and a half or, no, I guess it was three years into starting my magazine. And I was doing a little bit of television, a tiny bit of radio. And, you know, you look at Martha and pretty much what she did was start from, you know, a book that she wrote entertaining and then turned it into, you know, some successful magazines and turned that into a successful television show. And she had a radio show. And I just really wanted to learn from her. So you ended up on The Apprentice. So to kind of take us through that a little bit, I mean, tell me about the people you met during the show. Obviously, you know, (laughs) when it's your own company like Her Sports, you do the hiring, you know who you're working with. But with The Apprentice... You know, it's much different, and I think that on an everyday level with, with most people in businesses, you never have any idea who you're going to walk in the door <laughs> and work with at a company. So kind of tell me a little bit about how that was and the, the people that you met and working with people from a lot of different backgrounds and trying to collaborate on projects that really can make or break your career. Yeah, you know, I think what really um, helped me was, you know, I did go to business school. I have my MBA, and in business school, that's exactly what happens. So more so even than in the real world, I feel like you get thrown into with a group of people, and you have to accomplish some type of project in business school. And um, that's exactly what I felt like The Apprentice was. You know, you got thrown into it with a whole bunch of people. You had no idea who they were, where they were from. Everybody had a different background, just like in business school. And all of a sudden, together, you had to, you know, do something, whether it was develop or design something or, you know, write a children's book. I mean, there were some crazy things that we did. And, you know, I think the best part of the whole apprentice experience was actually getting to work with all these unique people. And going into it, Melanie, to be honest with you, I really didn't ever think that in the end, when it was all over, no matter if I got kicked off first or last, that I would make any friends out of it. For me, it was really about going in. I really wanted this job. I wanted to work with Martha Stewart. And I I never once thought I'd make friends, and what happened was I made some really, really great friends. Was there one project in particular that really stands out for you? Yeah, I think there are two probably, and I would say the first one was the very first project we did. Um, Right away, I was chosen to be the project manager, which is a little stressful, as you can imagine, the very first project, and here you are running the project. But we um, had to design and write and develop a children's book for Random House. And it was yeah. one of the most exciting things I think I've ever done because in within 48 hours, we had done everything from write it to illustrate it. And when we won, we found out that it would be for sale actually in the bookstores. So um, for us, I think just being able to see something come you know, full circle from an idea to a true book that we could share with some children was pretty amazing. And so that was probably, I would say, the neatest project for me, just being able to say, gosh, I, you know, together as a team, we wrote this children's book, but I would say the funnest project that we did, um, and I think we might be talking to somebody else later today that was part of this project with me, but was we did a project for Tide, for this the Tide to Go pen, and oh, yeah. my team was just so phenomenal, and we had so much fun. I don't think I've ever laughed so much, and laughing during The Apprentice is a really good thing because it's always so serious that it was just so nice to have a good time and a, a huge laugh and, and have so much fun. Was there one project in particular that you just felt, you know, God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this one? You know, I don't know if it was, I don't know if I'm going to get through this one. I think in general, you know, I, going into this, I think everybody, every one of us, all 16 of us knew that it was going to be difficult, but I don't think that any of us knew just how difficult it would be. I remember being in the interview process and Mark Burnett had known that I had done, uh, you know, I, I do marathons and I had done the, the 
Ironman triathlon, and um, Mark Burnett had started this thing called the Eco Challenge, which is just, I would say, like a triathlon on steroids, uh, a several-day, you know, adventure <laughs> race. And he said to me, just, you know, so you know, I think he said this to everybody, but he was looking at me saying, this is going to be so much harder than anything you've ever done. And he looked at me and said, way harder than an Ironman, you know, and then he looked at some other people and said some things. And I remember just thinking, is he crazy? There's no way, you know, this job interview is going to be harder than anything I've ever done before. And to be honest, he was right. And the reason being that, you know, we hardly got any sleep whatsoever. And so there were times where I don't think I said, I don't know if I'm going to get this project done. But I think there were times just saying, gosh, I don't know if I don't get to sleep again for three days how I'm going to make it. I mean, how just physically I am going to be able to make the next day. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Donna a little bit about the book that she has coming up and her interaction with Martha and some of the other exec team over there. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Life Tips on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No shame. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25 percent recurring commission on all products and services bloggers make sure to check out the botw blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web it's all about links baby content is king but links are what you need to get you those all important organic search listings float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major fortune 500 companies textlinkads.com is your source for securing relevant links Baby, textlinkads.com. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. It's SC Gurus. Rainmaker. A Yankee, yes. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. A Yankee and a Southerner. I do that lovely Southern draw. I don't, I don't have the Texan accent. I'm sorry, but... No, I don't, I don't think I do either, but I love that honey drip sort of sound. Anyway. <laughs> someone's probably going to pull that blurb out and use it for a promo now. Thanks. Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. Cyberspace, the final frontier. These are the voyages of your new business enterprise. It's ongoing mission to explore strange new domains to seek out new sites and new monetizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. WebmasterRadio.fm. So logical. You'll go out of your Vulcan mind. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Warning. Listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. And now 
back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. So, this is Melanie. I'm back, editor of Life Tips with Donna Stone, and we are talking today about uh, all things apprentice and have uh, some tips to give to business executives on really ways to get through their day in the office from an apprenticeship standpoint. And one of the things, Donna, I want to talk about is this new book that you have coming out. So, um, Donna, tell me a little bit about the book. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. It's going to be on Amazon um, in August. coming out in August 29th. And it's called Winning Nice, Succeeding in Business and Life Without Waging War. And, uh, Melanie, it was so interesting. One of the things that happened after I won The Apprentice was I received, I'm no kidding, thousands and thousands of emails from people that just said to me in some form or another that it was so great to see somebody win that did everything the right way, that was nice, that wasn't, you know, didn't backstab, wasn't mean. And so one of the things that came out of this was this book, Winning Nice, that I wrote that, you know, takes kind of all my experience, both everything from Wall Street to, you know, being chief marketing officer for a large company to the apprentice in general and getting through the whole process and then working with Martha and just how I believe that you can be successful in business. And one of the great what did you learn from writing this book, Donna? I mean, there that? must have been some things that came about when you were putting all this stuff together and, and going were, through different stories yeah. and different people. Yeah, I mean, one of the neat things about, you know, I've, of course, never written a book before. This is my very first book, and I did a lot of interviews with just some incredible business people out there. You know, I interviewed Steve Forbes. Um, I interviewed Deepak Chopra. I interviewed um, Kim Martin of Women's Entertainment Television, and just the list goes on. And I think that was the greatest thing about writing this book was it's not just about my experiences, but, you know, just taking that concept of winning nice and being able to talk to some very, very successful people out there who also believe that you can win nice and how they do it. Byron, don't you agree? Boy, it's, it's an art, I'm sure, and a science uh, to, to win nice. Wow. How did you learn to win nice? Is you know, I mean, I think you can learn innate? it. I think there are some simple things that you can do. You know, it's, it's really, it gets down to kind of the golden rule about, you know, just treating people the way you'd want to be treated. And whether that is in a situation where you are, um, you know, you're running a project and you have people under you working for you or whether, you know, you're the one who is working, uh, you know, as an intern possibly, um, just starting out and how you can work with your superiors. But it does take, I mean, it does take effort. I mean, I think that's the one thing that, you know, sometimes it's hard, more difficult to be nice than it is to not be nice, especially in today's day and age. And I think there's some great tips in the book on how to handle, um, you know, difficult situations um, and how to do things the right way. And in the end, truly get ahead by doing it that way so everybody wins. Do you feel like you took on the challenge of, of, uh, of getting rid of the old, the old ad age nice guys or gals finish last? Absolutely. And, you know, Byron, the one interesting thing was all the people that I interviewed, and these were all people that I felt, you know, followed the winning nice philosophy, um, they all said kind of the same thing, that it used to be, you know, nice guys finish last, but they don't believe that anymore. They believe that in today's day and age, people do look for other people that are doing the right thing, whether it's, you know, giving back to our society or um, mentoring, whether it's somebody in your own company or maybe it's some a young child um, there's so much of that now going on, and I think that now it's looked down upon for those people that are just really harsh and, you know, step on other people to get ahead. And nowadays, it, you want to bring up people along with you. And do you think that, that overall management is, is, is rewarding people that are managing with styles that are, quote, nice? You know, or, I think it, it depends on where you're at. I, I, I wish I could say, of course, yes, it's like that everywhere now, but it's not. Um, I think there are certain companies out there that are rewarding um, that you know the people that are doing things the right way, and I still think there are probably companies out there that are rewarding people for doing things the wrong way. Um, but I think in the end, it's about how you get ahead and how you feel about yourself and the things that you do to help other people. And I really do believe that you can get ahead and feel great about yourself by doing things the right way. Do you feel you win bigger if you win the right way, the nice Absol- way? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny because when I was talking, I, you know, 
was sitting down with Steve Forbes, and one of the things he said was, you know, his grandfather, that was one of the things he taught him. It was about, you know, helping others and mentoring others and always trying to do the right thing. And in the end, that's what's going to win out. So can you train people to be nice in the end of the day here? You know, I think you can. I think there, I don't know if it's training. I don't know if that's the right word. I think that there are just certain things and tips that you can do every day. Um, you know, it's so funny. We're so busy nowadays. We all are. And I, I, everybody I meet now says they're busier today than they were a year ago than they were five years ago. And I think we forget about, you know, taking a second. And it's so simple, but just, you know, walking in the door of the office and saying hello to some people that sit near you. Um, you know, there's so many times where I'm in an office and people just run in, they sit down at their computer, they get going, and you forget about all the little things about their relationships and those things that really do mean a lot in the office. It's about, you know, you're stopping off at Starbucks and saying, knowing the barista's uh, name, you know, instead of just, you know, and saying thank you to that person using their name. So it's little tiny things like that that you can do, and of course, a lot of those things in the business setting that really can make a huge difference, especially in presentations and meetings and those types of things. In your research, did you find that the, the nice characteristic is socioeconomic related and or geographic located. You know, no, and I don't know if we got into that much depth in the book, um, but I, I don't believe so. I think that, I mean, I do think sometimes, you know, being nice is, is learned um, depending on how you are, you, you know, you are brought up. Um, but like I said, I also think that it can be learned at any time, at any age. And, um, you know, it's so interesting because I've been in companies where I've worked with people that have been just so incredible um, that I still today, even though maybe it's 15 years ago, I still can call up or look to for advice um, that I truly believe are mentors of mine. But I've also worked at some companies where I've had people that I've worked for who would never, ever take the time of day for anybody in the office, whether, you know, higher up than them or uh, working for them. And so it's always interesting to me to look back and think about those people that really had that winning nice philosophy and how I think of them now. And the one interesting thing is always that, you know, especially when you're younger and maybe you're just starting out, you sometimes don't think about, hey, you know, I'm meeting some people now that down the road, maybe even I could be helping out because, you know, you're just starting out, you're young, uh, you don't have a lot of experience. But, but it's true. You never know who you can help, and you never know who can help you down the road. There are people that I worked with um, that were my superiors, you know, 15, 20 years ago that are now calling me to, you know, whether it's for advice or um, to give a recommendation for a CEO position. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, kind of what comes around goes around, and relationships are so important. I just wanted, given our shows about The Apprentice uh, situation, I just want to add a couple quick follow-ups. Um, uh, on the apprentice ordeal, although I feel like it's a step backwards now. You've advanced your career <laughs> in the direction. Uh, but um, did you work with Martha one-on-one much as being a part of the show? I did. I got to work with her quite a bit. I mean, um, you know, she is probably one of the busiest women I've ever met in my life, but I was fortunate to be able to, you know, fly with her some to some speaking engagements. I was on her show about five different times with her, whether it was cooking with her or uh, just being on the show. And, um, you know, I, I see her in the office all the time. It's so interesting because we think of, you know, people like Martha Stewart. You're like, well, they don't really walk just through the office, do they? And they really do. So on a regular basis, day-to-day, she'd be in the office, and you'd be in the elevator with her, or you'd cross her in the hall. Um, you know, I had a, a radio show on Sirius, and uh, my, her show came right after mine, so pretty much every Monday, I would see her, you know, coming into the radio studio, and she was always very, just very wonderful to me. I was very fortunate. Now, do you have Martha's cell phone number? <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Yes, I can get a hold of her, which is so interesting. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where I have emailed her, and she will email, email me back on her BlackBerry within a few minutes. Um, she's been great about it. But um, I also don't bug her that often. Like, I have people all the time <laughs> saying, can you, can you call her for me and ask her this? And, you know, it's so funny because I talk about that in Winning Nights also, is that, you know, if you do meet people that are super busy, I mean, the last thing you want to do is be able to just give their information out to other people. Um, you know, you want to make sure that they, you, you respect kind of their privacy, and especially with somebody that's so in the limelight. But, yes, I can, I can call or, or email Martha up, and she is great about getting right back to me. One final question for you from me, at least. Um, 
and may, and hopefully it's a segue back in your book, but why do you feel you won The Apprentice? You know, it's, a, it's so interesting to look back. Um, you know, I think I went into it not knowing or thinking that I would win, but knowing that I was going to do absolutely everything I possibly could um, to win. That's all I wanted to do. It was kind of, like I said a little earlier, you know, I didn't go into it, one, to be on TV. I didn't go into it to make new friends. I never thought that was going to be something that happened. For me, it was all about, okay, I own this magazine, Her Sports, and, you know, Martha owns all these magazines. And can you imagine what a year would be for me to be able to work with her and see how her company works and how much I would learn in that year. It would probably take me 10 years to learn as much as I learn in one year. And so going into it, no, I had no idea I'd win. I'm, you know, I can look back and say, well, here's the reasons I think I won. Um, you know, I think stepping up and being project manager as often as I could. I think I was project manager uh, more often than anybody else, I believe. And then just going into it and, you know, doing your best to do whatever it takes. I mean, I pulled so many all-nighters. Um, and everybody was so tired, and a lot of times people did go to sleep. And it was one of those things for me that I didn't ever want anybody to be able to turn to me and say, well, Donna was sleeping while I was doing X, Y, Z. And to be honest with you, I never said that about anybody else, but I also never slept when anybody else was up. I made sure if there was even one person that was up working that I was working with them. This is amazing, Donna. Thank you so much. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> we're going to be right back, and we're going to bring on one of Donna's um, teammates slash apprentice contestants from the same season when we come back. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with PaperPost, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at PaperPost will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through PaperPost. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Viva la revolution! Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types, hooker, escort, hookup, into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Incredibly entertaining. I want to ask you a question that comes with controversy. Oh, now There's you're really of... tapping into it, Byron. See, now you get a chance to ask all the questions that you always wanted to know. Even better, this is going to be podcast so we can listen and laugh later. <laughs> this is one of your favorite things. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Tiger, tiger, tiger. Yeah, no question. I think it was tiger, 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 tiger. <laughs> he is the name. I mean, he is what golf is uh, resting on right now. <laughs> I think he's a great team player. He did buy his wife a new yacht. Yeah, well, for that team, he's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Get to know Melanie Mayer on Life Tips, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm.
And now back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, everyone. It's Melanie Mayer back with Byron, and we're talking today with Donna Stone, the CEO and publisher of Her Sports Magazine, launched in 2004 and awarded Best New Magazine, and also um, the winner of Martha Stewart's Apprentice. And now we are joined with Ryan Dance, who is also one of Martha Stewart's um, final four contestants of The Apprentice and currently Vice President of Operations and Legal Director for Clearwater Settlements. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Nice to be here. How are you? I'm, uh, I guess you can see why Donna won the show. She is top, <laughs> top of the line. She is the, uh, one of the classiest women I know and one of the smartest. No, oh, thanks, Ryan. I'll she pay you later. Back. <laughs> you know where to send a check, right, Donna? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Ryan, tell me how you decided to go into The Apprentice. I mean, you have a very versed background just like Donna. So yeah, what, what I, I, was but, it that But that's of... not really t- totally true. I mean, you, you know, listed Donna's accomplishments, and um, you could probably still keep going now. I'm not, I wasn't at the same place. I had literally just graduated from law school a few months prior. I had done, um, I think the only thing I had done between graduating and trying out for the show was opening a law office here in San Diego for actually my dad's law firm, which is based in L.A., and I kind of ran it on my own and started getting business and started making it profitable and successful. So that was really the only thing I had besides my educational. And I think besides Donna and myself and maybe Amanda and Jennifer, we were the only ones with graduate school degrees. Um, and the other three of us had law degrees, and then Donna had the MBA. I don't think anyone else had a graduate school degree. So I wanted to kind of, you know, highlight that with my limited experience. And so I was talking to my wife and said, you know, they're having tryouts in San Diego. What do you think? It's during the week. And she said, just go. You never know. And one thing led to another. I got in line, waited like eight hours, and had a group <laughs> interview. And it went well. I didn't think it went that well. And I got a call back and then went and had a one-on-one interview. And, you know, over the next couple months, found out eventually it made the show. And so, you know, that's how I ended up on it. Now, one of the things we were talking to Donna about is the people that she met on the show and how when you walk into a situation like this, you really are not sure about the other types of people who are going to be placed on your team and what you're going to do. What, what's your thought on that? How did well, you react to other people? I, I, think, I think it's important for people to understand that a couple of things. Number one, we were together in New York before we even started taping the show for at least two to three to four days where we were around, you know, <clears throat> taking photos together and interviews, but we were not allowed to speak to each other. So the whole time, we're sizing each other up, and, you know, it's kind of like trying to stake your own territory kind of thing. So I had seen these people before I actually got on the show. I just had never spoken to them. The first time anyone opened their mouth around me was in front of Martha, and the 16 of us were in the conference room and went down the line, kind of gave like a 30-second rundown of who we were, what we did, and where we were from. And I think my mouth literally hit the floor, I think sometime after Donna or Howie had said, you know, we have a, you know, Howie said we have a $10 million clothing company. And I'm thinking, what the heck am I doing in this room right now? I mean, these people are tried and um, very successful, and I was just blown away. And so I took the experience at that point not only thinking I wanted to win and work for Martha, but I wanted to learn from these other people who had already established themselves in the real world and were already doing it. And, and, and I think after Donna, and I'm not, you know, blowing it up or, you know what, I'm just saying she'd given, you know, her bio, and I thought, wow, I could be her apprentice, let alone Martha's apprentice. So I went into it with, you know, big wide eyes thinking I'm going to learn as much as I can, not only from her, but from, from everyone else that I'm, I'm living with. You know what, Melanie, though, I think that's why Ryan got so far, too, is he kind of, you know, I went into it saying that, you know, I really, really want to win this, and that's all that matters, I want to win it. But at the same time, within a few days, I was like, okay, this is going to be a great experience. And I think Ryan went into it, just like he said, saying, okay, you know what, now that I've seen all these people, I'm just going to do whatever I can, and then I'm also just going to learn from the experience. And I think that was super important to it all. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really have any. See, from Donna's standpoint, she had the magazine that she was going to you know, take what she could from Martha and grow her magazine into something even bigger and better. I didn't have anything like that. I was kind of showing Martha, this is who I am. Hopefully I can be an asset to you. Teach me what you can. Help me learn. Help me make you and your company better. That was really all I had to offer. So I think all of us were different in what we were looking for to get out of this. I didn't know 
that much about Martha Stewart or her company. I just knew that she was a very, very powerful and a very, very smart woman, and it was someone that I wanted to, you know, work as close to as I could. So that was my outlook. Ryan Byron here, a pleasure to have you on the show here. Hey, Byron, with thanks. As well. uh, a, couple of, a couple of questions for you. The, um, at what stage in the, uh, in the competition did the group begin to think that one or two of the people in the group were probably going to become the, the, end, the, uh, the winner in the end? That's a great question. I think for me personally, I knew that Donna was going to be probably at the top, if not the top person. I knew that she would be there till the end. Um, but what happened right away was the teams were split up, and our team, Donna and my team, um, started winning, and we won the first week, and we won the second week, and we won the third week, and then we won the fourth week, um, and then uh, the fifth week. And so we had won five weeks in a row, and the last two of those weeks we had different teammates. But the people that remained the same for those first five weeks, I think, started to get the feeling that we would go very, very far, whether it was the finals or the top three or four or whatever. I think at that point, when, you, when that trend started happening, you saw who the weak players were in the game. You saw who was constantly winning and, and having good ideas and executing well and getting along well. Um, so I think somewhere in there you started to get an idea of who was going to be there until the end. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Donna feels differently, but that's what I think. No, I would agree, and I think also, I mean, Melanie, I don't know if you watched The Apprentice last night, or I guess it wasn't last night, I T-voted, huh? Sunday, <laughs> yeah. Week. Um, you know, you have somebody on there mansion, who wasn't willing yeah, to give their opinion, and I think one of the things that Ryan and I did the whole time through was, and there are a few other people that made it close to the end, was, you know, we were never scared to give our opinion, like if we had an opinion, we gave it. If people didn't agree with it, that was fine, and we would go on with the consensus, but I think a lot of times there are people who are just really scared they want to keep quiet. They don't want to say anything that later could come back and haunt them, and or maybe they do, you know, go the wrong way. And I think it's so important that if you, in business in general, I mean, if you have an idea, you need to share it and not worry about if it's the perfect idea or not. And I think that's something that Ryan did very well. I think that's something that I did that really helped us get very far in the game. Yeah, Byron, you and I actually, certainly I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> I, uh, I whatsoever. Got, I actually <laughs> got killed because of that. That was ultimately ultimately my demise. I had done, uh, I think the 10th task was doing a showroom floor for Buick, and I had some ideas, and they didn't really get executed, and we were in the conference room, and Martha was saying, you know, Ryan, you need to stick to your ideas. You need to, you have ideas, you need to stick with them, you need to get them across, and um, go with them. And then the following week, I had some ideas, and I had Marcella tried to talk me out of it, and I had just taken that advice from Martha, and I was applying it and saying, you know, she's saying this, this, and this. I really need to follow through with my ideas, and it ended up biting me in the end. <laughs> so there was some contradiction there. I think Martha, um, from week to week, maybe was sometimes she was, you know, telling one person one thing, telling another person something contradictory. So I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I think Donna's right. We had our ideas. We were outspoken. We weren't wallflowers. Um, ultimately, it ended up costing me, but, you know, there was a lot of r- other reasons for that as well. Yeah, I just Here's I guess I think again. Brian that the reason we we got so far though was we were never scared to be able to you know kind of give our opinions and yeah. um, you know I know there were some people on the show that I mean Melanie there were people that just were really scared to ever speak up at all and they were just very quiet um, just kind of did what everybody else said and if you asked them their opinion they you know they basically would just say oh well whatever you want to do is great and right. I right. think That's true. It, both in real life and also you know just on The Apprentice in general you know you're going to get further it may be your demise in the end for some reason or other but i think you are going to get further along if you are you if you're at least confident in yourself enough to give your ideas and um you know and like i said if they get shot down then just like in the real world you know if there's a consensus that everybody else in your company wants to go one way and you're the only person that wants to go another well most likely you're going to go with the consensus but at least you spoke your piece mm-hmm. I'd like to hear both of your thoughts on on this sort of concept. You know, as they say, one bad apple on the bunch, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. Um, with people, with with a loser being kicked off the show each week, and this sort of, I hope I'm not the loser this week mentality. Did it affect your performance? Did it create an awkward vibe? Um. Donna, you want me to? I'll, yeah, I'll go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I remember, you know, Donna talked about the first task, which was the children's book, and I remember the first night. It was like twelve o'clock or one o'clock in the morning, and Donna wanted to send home most of the team except for a couple of people. 
And I was really upset because I was scared if I had agreed to go home that night and go to bed, even though she wanted everyone rested for the next day, that if we lost, that ultimately that would look like I was either giving up or I didn't care or I wasn't taking it seriously enough. So from that standpoint, I thought, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to agree to this. I wanted to let Donna know I wasn't agreeing with her decision. But um, I don't know if that really, you know, changed the way I, I, I don't, I don't want to say I played the game, but that's kind of like I was thinking all along, you know, don't show weakness. And Donna even said that when someone else was awake, she always managed to stay awake. And she was, you know, just making, watching out for herself. Yeah, Would no, you... I, think, I think that's true. I think the hard part is that, you know, when you, like Ryan said, you know, we had so many tasks where you had to stay up so late. And a lot of the times there were things that had to get done the next day. And so we try to split up in a way that so a few people can get a little bit of sleep, and then the next night a few different people could get a little bit of sleep. But um, but it was, I mean, just in general, the whole process was, I think, at least more difficult than I thought it would be. I don't know, Ryan, if you feel the same way about that. or Yeah, I, 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 would, I could never. You came and, I mean, I could describe it all day long, and no one would understand it until you go through, <laughs> you know, not sleeping for two nights or three nights on end, and then getting one night of sleep. It just, it's just crazy. Yeah, I think, and, you know, it's interesting also, I think I had mentioned before that, you know, I made some really good friends out of the whole process, Ryan being one of them, and I think one of the things that kind of bonds you together is that it, it is difficult to explain to people just how difficult it really is if you weren't actually there doing it. So the 16 of us that were on the show, we kind of have this strange little bond that, you know, only, only the 16 of us really know what it was like to be there and how difficult it really was. And, you know, Melanie, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about, like, reality versus TV. Yeah, but absolutely. We're going to do that, too. Yeah. Right after it, the break. It definitely was real life for a lot of us there, and it was really difficult. Yeah. Well, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back with some more uh, interesting insight into The Apprentice. <laughs> Wow, I never saw anyone fish with such a wide net before. Oh, really? I don't like fishing with a pole. Can't catch the big ones fast enough. No kidding. You've got a bunch. Yeah, I know. This wide net gives me great distribution and reach. Really? How's it work? Well, fish like to move around to various parts of the lake, so by casting a wide net, I gather fish from everywhere they congregate. Wow, that's pretty smart. Thanks. Wide nets work. And they make you look smart. If you're looking to cast a wider net and fish where the fish are, Look Smart Advertising Solutions can help. Go to signup.looksmart.com to learn more. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Best of the web. The Internet's oldest directory. BOTW.org since 1994. Our editors scour the web finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No and don't forget the best of the web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions. 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Digimix. Ego. Machismo. Unadulterated cockiness. Fantastic ideas, full-hearted business plans, gut-wrenching stories, fascinating particulars, turn-ons and tips from the web world with host Susan Bratton. Get the whole mix, the Dishy Mix, every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Open your windows for a breath of fresh air. Webmasterradio.fm And hey, Mac, we're here for you, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. And now back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. 
only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Hey, everyone. It's Melanie, editor of Life Tips, and I, Byron and I today are talking with Donna Stone, a president publisher and CEO of Her Sports Magazine, and Martha Stewart, Apprentice winner, and Ryan Dance, who is currently the Vice President of Operations and Legal Director for Clearwater Settlements, and one of the final four um, of the Apprentice, Martha Stewart. So welcome back, guys. We're excited to have you here. This is incredibly informational and very entertaining. Um, and one of the things I, I want to really jump into and talk about with the remaining time that we have is the difference between what goes on behind the scenes of, of shows like The Apprentice, which involves a lot of corporate uh, etiquette and corporate information, and then also, what, you know, what, what do we see on TV? You know, what's, what's the difference between reality and what's behind the camera or what's on the camera? Ryan, you want to take a stab at that sure. first? Sure. <laughs> Ryan, I, go for I, it, because I know um, you have some opinions on this. <laughs> Well, I think the glaring thing is the show is only 42 minutes of what you see. I think we tape like 300 hours per task. So right there, I mean, you're whittling down hundreds of hours of, uh, of time that you're seeing. And then the other thing to know is that really with the winning team, the team that wins, you don't see a lot of the controversy or a lot of, you know, the adversity that the team goes through. But with the losing team, you do. You understand why they lost. And I, I kind of always felt like the reasons why we were winning weren't really being highlighted. They would spend so much time focusing on the, why the losing team lost. It was not really, not, I don't know if it's fair or not, but it wasn't really accurate. So those are the first two things that come to mind. I think that something else that should be said is that a lot of times we were interacting with people from the, from the um, companies that we were working with. They were giving us either access to it, um, executives or illustrators, for example, in the book task, or um, we found like a, a guy that we had a flower shop. We had found a flower designer. We, will, we were not allowed to ask them questions and get their own feedback, even though they're the quote-unquote expert in the field. That was our decision. Really? That we were, yeah, and so that really played a big impact because... A, they, they couldn't know that they, they knew there were there was cameras there. Obviously, they saw the cameras. They didn't know what the show was for. I don't know what the producers or the production assistants told them what their TV cameras were there for, but we weren't allowed to say that they were on The Apprentice. Um, we couldn't ask for their opinions. And it, it became hard to do business that way, um, and it put up this big block and this wall, uh, and it was frustrating. So I think that that's something that, you know, not being on the show, you wouldn't necessarily know. And it's so different than real life, too, because in real life, if you go out and you find an expert, I mean, that's what you're finding them for, to get their advice on how to do something. So like Ryan was saying, you know, we, we ended up, you know, you could go out and you had so many dollars, each team had the same amount of dollars, and you could hire people, certain people. We had, like, a lot of rules, of course. But, uh, for example, in the, the flower task, you know, a flower designer. But we couldn't ask him anything. We, we had to tell him exactly what to do, where in real life, you would ask this flower designer, well, what do you think would be the best designs that would sell the best? And we weren't allowed to ask questions like that. So, you know, in terms of reality versus not reality, a lot of the tasks that were that way, where we had these people that could do things for us, you know, design a, a booth for Buick, although we had to tell them exactly what to design and how to do it and not what would work and what wouldn't work. And uh, even if it wouldn't work, they would still do it for us because they wouldn't tell us that, hey, that's not going to work. Right. And probably, go ahead, Ryan. Probably the most uh, glaring thing is that, you know, we're watching at home the show from Wednesday night to Wednesday night. And, and you may think in the back of your mind, okay, so they had a whole week to do this. <laughs> but in reality, and Donna's going to tell you, and that's why she's laughing, is we would have 24 to 48 hours. And on one task, it was the design uh, theme for the Westin Suite. You're getting the task. You're getting your ideas together. You're um, getting your materials together. You're building. You're creating. You're doing everything from start to finish in 48 hours. That is so unrealistic. That is not the real world. And, um, you know, it's just not a weekly, it's not a week-by-week -week thing. It's a day-by-day -day thing because it's, you know, tremendously expensive to film a show in New York City. Um, <laughs> so a show that tapes for 14 weeks really only shot for seven weeks. Yep. The one great thing about that, though, is I think a lot of us, and Brian, tell me if, if I'm right on this, but, you know, we walked away from the show afterwards feeling like, man, there is nothing we can't yeah. do, because if you can write a children's book in 48 hours, which would probably take somebody, you know, six months to a year to do, yeah. or if you can design <laughs> right. a suite at the West End in three days, what would normally take someone three months to do, you really do feel like, okay, if I really put my mind to something and I really work hard, I could do whatever I want. Yeah, no, that's, and, and even going a step further is when you come home, 
home and, and you know, your spouse says, oh, I'm tired, I had a long day at work. You go, really? From 9 to 5, you're tired. Okay, well, I stayed up for 48 hours with no food, and uh, I'm still not tired. So. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, it's so true. But, um, Melody, talking about, like, reality um, versus TV, the one thing I was really surprised by was I thought that going into the show, there would be more interaction with, like, you and the producers, or there would be people telling you um, what to do exactly. And in reality, what happens on the show is they give you some information in a packet, and it says, here's what you have to achieve, here's the goal, and that's it. I mean, there are no questions answered, no nothing. So, in that respect it almost was like reality it wasn't that we were on this tv show and we'd go off and say well what should we do or how should we do it and we'd get advice or anything like that it really was that you just got handed you know the goal of the task and you had to go off and do it somehow yeah so let me ask you guys really i mean byron and i were talking about this and we're you know sort of going back and forth with the show and the difference between the Trump show and the difference between the Martha show. and Why do you guys think people watch this? I mean, what's the hook? What is so captivating when, to Ryan's point, we live this every day? Um, I know I was a huge fan of the first season of The Apprentice Trump show, and I watched because it was the first reality TV show that didn't focus on dating. It didn't focus on trying to survive on an island. It was something that I could personally relate to, mm-hmm. and I was just totally enamored by this new concept of, you know, surviving in, in the real business world. So for me, that was the hook. Um, I liked watching Trump. I thought he was obviously entertaining. Um, and that's what did it for me. I don't, I don't know, Donna? Yeah, no, very similar. I think just watching the first two seasons of um, The Trump Apprentice and being able to sit, you know, on your couch and say, well, gosh, I, I could do this. I think that's what we all do. Or, or why didn't they do it this way? Or, yeah. or, you know, and you just feel like you could be there and you could do it. And maybe it was something that was, I don't, I don't know, like Ryan said, it wasn't a dating thing or it wasn't about, you know, like the surreal life where you go and everybody's getting drunk and screaming and yelling at everybody, although we have a little of that. But it was really something that I think, you know, you bring in your skills from the real life or you bring your business skills in, and that's what's going to get you ahead and that's what's going to get you forward in the game. Byron, any comments? You know, this is, uh, unfortunately, the show's wrapping up. I feel like we could go on for quite some time, (laughs) but I did want to make this comment just about this show. I feel like I've somehow, and and maybe the listeners feel the same way, that we've gotten inside the the nitty-gritty realities of the Martha Stewart uh, Apprentice show, and you've... We should all have a group hug or something right now. <laughs> I feel like you're, you've shared your you're, you've shared your, your your insights and really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you both. So thanks oh, for this thank opportunity. You. Over thank to you, you for Mel. the opportunity. Oh, you guys, this has been awesome. Again, this is Life Tips with Donna Stone and Ryan Dance, two of our Apprentice contestants, and Donna, who was the Apprentice winner with Martha Stewart. And we had an awesome time talking to you guys today. Thank you so much for joining us, and good luck to both of you in what you're doing today. And we look forward to seeing more from you. So we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.